is the chartographers. You are listening to the Chartographers Music Loving Podcast. Music loving people, albums we rank them. That's basically it. So, wow. uh, guys. <laughs> I like how for the happy hours you've just completely given you up on it. Yeah, on right, right. Right. Well, right. yeah. well, also for the record, it is the happy hour mini We tend to. Ah! Shit. We uh, tend to do things like drink champagne and a bottle was just opened one more time. I knew it was coming too. Because we did this last time Fort was here. Exactly. And so he wanted to do it again. It's out of Saudi. It's time right, right. had a big conversation about it during our break, and it still <laughs> shocked It's special guest Chris Fort uh, opening up a bottle, a big bottle. He's pouring yeah, a lot of champagne. Yeah, he's pouring us. These are like beer carafes of... Yeah. Champagne, because champagne. he wants to party, is basically what it is. Because hey, we just, if, it's a sh- if it's a chartographer's it's recording, a uh, we go all out. All yeah. right? I mean, this is a special right. occasion. I know, I don't need to, hey, but please don't uh, spoon feed me that. Uh, that's <laughs> oh my god, point. shut up. So, guys, we've been talking about Spoon and the main cast. We had a wonderful debate about everything related to Spoon, and it was actually really, really fun, and I very much enjoyed it. But right now, we need to do two things in order to kick off this Happy Hour Minnesota about everyone's favorite Texas-based indie rock band. The first thing we need to do is, first off, cheer to the great accomplishments and incredibleness of Chris Fort being our guest. <laughs> Give me a champagne. I'll Ew. take a sip. Yeah. Champagne from a paper cut. Oh, my God. And then, secondly, the thing we need to do is kick off this Happy Hour Minnesota like you always do. Guys, dry. Yeah. Anyway. How oh, I like it. What is Series the... of sneaks. What is the worst... <laughs> Spoon song. Hey, that's a really hard question. Yeah, not turning off off of uh, Telefono for me. Can we turn off Telefono and a series of sneaks? Because I feel like that's an easy target. I mean, easy if, target. I, if don't make me don't a target. make it. Yeah. Look, <laughs> me. honestly, honestly, if it's not <clears throat> off of Telefono or a series of sneaks, then it's us from Hot. No, Boys. not because at all. It, look, look, it's not a bad song. It's That's just kind of useless, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. and I don't think it fits with the rest of the album that's there. Mm-hmm. But... The thing is, Britt Daniels is probably... Right? There's an S on his last name? Mm-hmm. Am I great? Great. No, okay. it's, there's no S. It's Daniel. Britt Daniel? Sure. Go ahead. So the guy from Spoon, that guy from Brit. Spoon that we've yeah. been talking about... Britt with the um, S at the end. He's like... Honestly, one of the most consistent songwriters we've talked about. He's so good. And it, you know... He's good, but he evolves in such a specific way. Right. And also, also, another thing that often gets things worse song is dumb lyrics. Mm -hmm. And not only does he have a command of a hook and a pleasant verse melody, he, like, never in their entire discography do I hear a spoon lyric and go like, ugh. Right. Like, he should have rewritten that one. Yeah. Like, he just has such good quality control that Man, this is a hard question. That's true. But then again, I think about written in reverse in what could have been. And you have the pianos. Which is, is that from? Uh, off of uh, Transference. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Somebody call a hearse. Really? That's your couple that you're going with on that one there? I'm just kind of like, a little bit on there. And I know you weren't as big a fan of Goodnight Laura, too. Oh, it's, Laura. yeah, it's fine. It's a very elementary, like, okay, this is, sounds like it should be on your first EP type song, uh-huh. but I for some, it just kind of speaks to me, basically, because it's so raw, and it has, like, such a simple, but, like, also, like, endearing melody to it that I just kind of, like, pulls me in on an otherwise forgettable album for me, so. Yeah, what, what would you pick as the worst song? My Little Japanese Cigarette Case. <gasps> 
Oh, what? 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 Does not do anything for me. On that album of uh, absolute bangers, does not do anything for me. I mean, I I didn't bring it up in the main cast, but I love that song. Yeah. I love that song. I love us. I love us. All right. right. You and me, Taryn, that's what I love. That'll be, that'll be... Nobody gets me but you, so that's the biggest thing. You know another song that I think is overrated? I'm just going to say it. Yeah, please do. I turned my camera on. I totally agree. I mean, oh, thank you. Like I said, <laughs> like I said, that that was, that's like my maybe fifth favorite song on Gimme Fiction. Yes. Out of, out of 11. Yeah. Like, so that's, like, I, I, I think that because that was the hit from that album, yeah. I didn't give Spoon as much credit as I should have. Like... I don't know. I listen. I think I listened to Kill the Moonlight and Gimme Fiction all the way through, like in the two thousands at some point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I wasn't probably paying very close attention yeah. just because I I heard that these were important albums. Yeah. But the songs that I knew from them were The Way We Get By and I Turn My Camera On, which I don't think, yeah, honestly, are they make sense as pop hits? They make sense from a record label standpoint yeah. as singles. Yeah. But I don't think they're the best examples mm-hmm. of what either of those two albums yeah, have Yeah, the way you get by is definitely not my favorite song of Kill the Moonlight. And I like it a lot. Yeah. But still, it's just so simplistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, I also remember when that got made the rounds, too, and became a big thing because Britt Daniels also brought in to do the soundtrack to a little movie called Stranger, Stranger Than, Than Fiction. Fiction. Yes. Yeah. Where that song is prominently featured in the opening credits. But then for the score, basically... They took a whole bunch of spoon songs yeah. from uh, Kill the Moonlight, Gimme Fiction yeah. era, and just did instrumental versions yep. of them, which is awesome. But yeah, I remember so they did we'll see- for Spider-Man: Homecoming. They just made an instrumental of the underdog, mm-hmm. but it worked because it's oh, spoon God, and Britannia got his goddamn superhero paycheck, it's which I was awesome. all about. Exactly. So I turned my camera. I mean, that's Taryn hit on a, an important note: is that like. That's your first introduction. It's like, okay, this is the best that Gimme Fiction has to offer is I turn my camera on. Okay, I'll probably pass. But when you, like, dive deeper into it, you're like, oh, my God, this album's amazing. Why does everybody talk about I turn my camera on? Like, My Mathematical Mind or I Summon You should be, like, the lead single on this album. I freaking summon you. Like, I that's... freaking summon you, too! <laughs> like, it's... I think that is... That's the secondary hit from yeah. this album. Like, it's still... Yeah, it's amazing. still fairly popular. But... Yeah. I saw Spoon live once, just once. Yes, uh, I think it, I could. I'm, I have a hard time guessing on the exact era. I think it was after Gimme Fiction because I was still in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I saw them at a show at a, at a smallish place, but you know, big enough. They were big enough. They were off. Of, they definitely had their way to get by money, uh, and it was them with opening act, Explosions in the Sky. Ooh, instrumental. Yeah, and the thing is, I remember, and genuinely because I wasn't as big a Spoon fan then, I remember more about the Explosions in the Sky show than I did the uh, Spoon show. But it yeah. was like, but it just because they just had these rhythms and they're just rocking together in tune as they did these climbing and tracing instrumentals, and it was really, really good. But yeah, it was a fun little show. There was a fence in the way of the audience. It was interesting. <laughs> no, that's always that's always a little weird. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I didn't they just play Chicago? They were tu- they're no. touring Hot Thoughts. Sorry. Uh, maybe it, they're in Europe yeah, right now. They're coming right? back to America here, and they're going to actually do Mamby in the be- uh, Mamby at the beach here in Chicago. Uh, oh, maybe that's what I was June. seeing. Yeah. yeah, I was considering getting tickets to that because I would oh, love yeah, to see them yeah. playing like oh, a God, hot thought yeah. set. 
Like, even, like, earlier in the day, we were watching their KEXP shit set that they did with They Want My Soul, and they were doing everything. They pulled out... Yeah, they did Metal Detector. They did Rhythm and Soul. They did uh, uh, Got Nothing. They just pulled things out of, like, everything, and just so seamlessly, too. They did The Ghost of You Lingers, strangely. Wow. It was just, like, Yeah, they they really... I feel like almost... Makes your money? I feel like the set list of that performance was, like... There probably aren't uh, other performances of these songs, but we like available. Them. Fun fact about the Ghost of You Lingers. Right. That, that song was originally called Gaga Gaga and they obviously renamed it Ghost of You Lingers, but they loved that name so much that they obviously named the album after it. Hmm. If Brit Daniel had his way, uh, he would name every album Fishy Fingers, but Jim Eno stopped like, that. I feel like Gaga 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 is a much better name for the album that that ended up Isn't being. Isn't that like than, no than for that song? Inaccessible like name that only a band like Spoon could like hit like top ten of the Billboard top one hundred with a name like that. Because I feel like a lot of the viewing public would be like, "What the hell is that album name?" I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I feel like if the public has heard the for the lead single already, I don't give a shit what the album is called. Fair enough. Yeah, like, fair enough. There are some garbage al- album titles that hit number one, so... Chocolate Starfish in the Hot Dog Flavored Water. <laughs> there's nothing worse. Uh, there's number really one. nothing worse than that that album or that band. There's really <laughs> nothing worse than the... the American history will... It bathe but, pigs and chocolate starfish in the sun. That, that, that are the two biggest American tragedies. <laughs> you heard it here first. Limp is kid for those who don't know. And Bay of Pigs, don't forget. Yeah, I know. Never forget. But what about War Pigs by uh, Black Sabbath? Oh, uh, this is quality material, you guys. I know. Here's the thing, though. Like, going into a Happy Hour Mini soon about Spoon, I'm like, what else is there to talk about? They're such a non-controversial band. I and mean, we talked right, about the they Jibra- really are. That's we talked about the Ron Lafitte stuff in the main episode. Right, which is, like, the big controversy, and then... They were told not to do that, like, that's career suicide, and, like, and they, didn't, oh, they didn't have a career at that point, so they like, did. fuck it, exactly. Yeah. Right, that. they were ready to suicide their yeah. career. We also, we also talked about the Eleanor Friedberger thing, which was interesting, like, we talked about that, like, I, that's the thing, like, I went into this knowing this might be the shortest Happy Hour Minnesota of all time, because outside of me seeing them live and not remembering a lot of it, like, what else do you need to say? We listened to a few songs from Divine Fits earlier today, and we liked oh, yeah. the Brit Daniel stuff just fine. Yeah, right. We liked the Brit Daniel stuff. That's about what we can say about What do you guys it. think his voice sounds like? To me, it sounds like he's eternally congested, but, like, also has, like, kind of a serrated edge to it. I, I don't know. I think that's just his big schnoz. You think that's his schnoz? Yeah. I mean, the shape of your head no, plays no, no, into... No. It plays into the timbre of your voice a lot. A lot of what you're hearing... Especially, like, when you're not just talking about, the, like, the main tone and pitch. It's what you're hearing from voices is, like, the reverberations around their skull. Especially Ooh. someone who's been singing as much as Britt Daniel has. has. Like, Britt Daniel? Ugh, I can't stop doing that. Um, yeah, like, because he honestly, he knows how to fucking wail. Oh, God. Like, Does so he? that's, that's, the shape of your head plays a lot into, as I was saying, the sound of your voice. So I think... That's maybe why he just sounds congested. It's also weird that we're actually recording this episode live in a karaoke lounge, and I think they're bringing out the mics just about now, and so, Chris Ford, it's your turn to do spoon karaoke. What is your go-to spin yeah, spoon karaoke back song? Backseat of we break into mobile homes. Iggy Pop <laughs> reference... Number one, never <laughs> reach out to. Uh, oh God, I'm. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we get by. 
to the way we get by. Oh my god, that's my right. That's, yeah. I mean, that's about how that's karaoke sounds like. the way we get by. <laughs> the clap. Drop a bag of pot, so let's smoke it. No. <laughs> this is the best retail we've ever done. That being said, I was actually very, and I just want to reiterate how fun it was to have a band release an album in 2017 that's as good as it was. Yeah. That we enjoyed, and I love that we had the debate. And I think that that's the remarkable thing about Spoon is that, you know, like I said, I, I initially disregarded They Want My Soul based on, like, okay, this is their reflector. Like, Same. okay. And, you know, it's like some bands, it's like they have their peak, you know, like, um, you know the Beatles, everybody looks at like the early pop stuff, okay, that was fine, but then when they did Rubber Soul and Revolver and Sgt. Pepper, that was when they were in their prime, and I feel like that's, you would have that same opinion about Spoon, where it's like, okay, they have their early albums where they're finding themselves, and they have Kill the Moonlight, and they have Ga 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 Ga, and Gimme Fiction, that's their Revolver, and their Rubber Soul and all that, and you kind of just write off everything else after they do. But uh, when you really give They Want My Soul and Hot Thoughts uh, a shot, it's like, oh, man, those albums are just like, wow, they're, they're still hitting their stride. And like, yeah. it's really true when they say that like every time Spoon releases an album, it's almost like the best thing they've done to date. But here's the question. Yeah. Why aren't they more influential? Because I feel like the thing that's distinctive about them, I think, is his songwriting style. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very clear voice writing voice i mean and so i still definitely hear their influences across the board as as much as they're consistently making high quality work you're still hearing the beatles you're still hearing yeah. tom petty the kings you know you 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 Very talk so. you know they talk about how in their writing process they yep. they say what would this band do with this demo that I've recorded already like how would they flesh out the sound and I feel like you hear that mm-hmm. um, and then so they, many, they like, pick their favorite yeah. one but that's that's why I feel like they aren't more influential is because what would you describe with words as the spoon sound like what Ooh. makes spoon distinct from other indie rock bands and I don't know that I have words to actually articulate that to me, so then how can you talk about it's, their influence? It's, it's Britt Daniels' very distinctive voice, and it's also like the combination of instrumentation. I don't think any other band could really get away with mariachi horns the way that Spoon did. Mm-hmm. Or even like the use of piano in a lot of the songs. Like, I don't know. It's, don't it's know. very Spoon-like. I feel like piano and mariachi horns are like indie rock staples at this point. Like, that's, that's the thing. is They're at the top of their class, but they're still absolutely in a class. Mm-hmm. What other song do you know of that's as popular as The Underdog, but also features mariachi horns? Oh, is that what you're referencing? Because I wouldn't describe The Underdog as mariachi horns. I think it's just, oh, it's it's just like horns. a trumpet horn riff. Yeah. Like, it's not any, it does, it's not like a particular style. It just sounds like, I mean, like, you could hear those sort of horns in any number of like, mm, a, like a Loggins and Messina album. I remember like, when Lit had mariachi songs on an album of theirs. Remember Lit? Oh my gosh, Lit. I mean, like, my own worst enemy. Iron and used some You make me come. (laughs) (laughs) I make Chris Fort come completely miserable. Oh my god. Yeah, that was the song back the day. Lit, 90s rock. Uh, But yeah, and that's the other thing, too, where, like, I love their. The fact that they have such an astute minimalist style, I think, also doesn't necessarily translate to radio in the same way. Yeah. Like, I think they've come around that, and that's why I love Hot Thoughts the way it is, because, like, 
Kill the Moonlight is an NPR album. It's not necessarily like a Raid Top 40 album in that same vein, you know? I think that's also why I like Hot Thoughts so much is because for me, it like, it sounds so much like Spoon. Like that's, that's the, the album where I'm like, this doesn't just sound like minimalist pop rock, which a lot of their best albums do. It's like Hot Thoughts is takes it to that level of where it's like it's a, a distillation of the spoonness of it all. Gaga 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 was like their real close like flirtation with mainstream. Um, mainstream. But I feel like they've never really had they, they, the. It's like almost like the timing structure of their song. They're just not taut enough to be quite like poppy enough. You know what I mean? It's almost like okay, you have a really amazing song here, and if you like tightened it up, this would be like a, a radio mainstay. But like you refuse to do that. You just kind of like do your own spoon mm-hmm. thing. You For know sure. I mean? Aside from Inside Out and Do You, which apparently are like mainstays of like what are they weddings or like indie rock weddings? I mean, ninety three XRT. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Spotify playlists. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah. If you want to be indie, you know, like they're like the bubble, like they're the top yeah, of the bubble. They're like the indie accessible bubble. indie. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like accessible I feel indie like is a good way to put it. They're just below like Arcade Fire fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Arcade Fire has gone launched a little too far into mainstream. There's like you discover in college, not high school explicitly. You discover them in college. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I discovered. I them. I discovered them in high school. Yeah. Well, you're a little no, but I also, young as you, Taryn. I also discovered them in high school because I Googled them after finding them in a webcomic about college students. So, go figure. What, For me, what it was... webcomic was that? Uh, questionable content. Okay. I've talked about this before. Okay. It's fine. Where the wild things are for me. I was like, oh, it's this little... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Wait, that's how you discovered Arcade Fire? Yeah. I'm wow. sad to say it because that's really late in the game, but uh-huh. it, you know what? Better late than never. Right now they're like the top five soundtrack to her. Oh gosh, yeah. remember that? That was great. That was the best use of super symmetry right there. Super symmetry. Yeah, I remember yeah. it because of that movie. That's the biggest thing that came up during the uh, Arcade super. Fire podcast. Do you oh, want to? Yeah. Do you want to throw some shade at our guest on the Arcade oh, Fire? Oh, Ryan podcast? Donahue. My goodness, you know what? That was a great guest host. I mean, I could have done better. I would have done better. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> But uh, he has a great voice for radio, a great face for radio as well. Um, uh-huh. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh what a there. disc there, exactly. Um, no, he did a good job, for the most part, no. Did uh, you listen to your Sufjan episode at all? He said he did not listen to my Sufjan episode because he was not a big enough Sufjan fan, and I felt like that was just more shade thrown my way. Did you listen to your Sufjan oh, episode? Oh, fuck yeah, of course I listened to that. I listened to that, like, that's how I fall asleep at night. <laughs> the dulcet tones of my voice, I'm like, oh yeah, oh gosh, talk about a winner needs a one, my friend. Ooh. <laughs> We're learning so much about Chris for today. It's great. <laughs> that big of a narcissist. Now you know. All right. Cool. Great. Right, I think we can wrap this up. Yeah. Do we need anything else? Any other <laughs> last minute things? We need really a, a fucking cheers. Is what we need. Content. Everybody glasses up. Glasses up. Cheers to Spoon, one of our favorite bands. Brit, Jim, other guys. If you're listening, <laughs> guys, I really like Spoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I didn't. I didn't know that I was gonna like Spoon this much. I, honestly, That's happened a couple. Times I gotta say, season, they have vaulted into my top five favorite bands after this life. Even past two weeks of just like bombarding myself with like nothing but spoon. Like they're fucking amazing. They're really fucking. They're really and fucking you know, good. If you think they're fucking amazing, do us a favor. 
leave us a review. Yeah, rate us on iTunes. It helps visibility for the show. Or throw us a message on Facebook. Like us before you throw us a message on there. That'd be great. Do whatever you need to do. Stitcher, SoundCloud, all the places. Subscribe. Let us know. Chartographers at gmail.com. We would love to hear your opinions, especially if you're Britt Daniel or Jimino. We would take you to town on that. But also, we'd love to talk to you about it. Have you on for an episode. Have you on for a clap back. Uh, Chartographer's Clapback is a new segment we're going to have. Tell it's us why a series of snakes is so great and you continue to defend it to this day. Yeah. Give us the secrets. Tell us about the songs that didn't make the albums. Ooh. Yeah. Tell us about the songs you've ghostwritten for pop artists that didn't happen. Tell us what you were thinking say, when like, you made what, you, what is this reference? I know. I just figured you never know. Anywho. Uh, but yeah, we're good. Thank you, Chris Ford, by so the way. Good. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Let's have another... Oh, yeah, again? Yeah, I'm not nearly drunk enough. We, we gotta turn these clinks down. They're They're right. so loud. Exactly. <laughs> In the meantime, though, thank you so much for listening. Keep on listening, in case you know that we'll be. Have a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, and it was them with opening act, Explosions in the Sky. Ooh, instrumental.